Blog Talk Radio. going on this is the word with g i'm your host greg larnard we are live here on blogtalkradio.com wrsp radio wrsp sports happy sunday i hope everybody out there had a good weekend oh actually you know what the weekend is not over because shout out to all the presidents it's president's day tomorrow and i'm sure a lot of you out there have tomorrow off so hopefully you're out there enjoying enjoying your sunday night and and hopefully hopefully Enjoying your Sunday night here with us and here with me on blogtalkradio.com. This is, like I said, The Word with G. And there's plenty to get into around the sports world, things going on. We do have a little bit of a break in the NBA season, obviously. It's the All-Star Weekend. We saw the Celebrity Game, which is always entertaining, although that game was not much of a contest. We saw the Skills Challenge, where the big men and Christoph Porzingis most specifically, brought home the championship, and that's the only, that's probably going to be the only highlight uh, of the New York Knicks season with all this turmoil that's going on. We could spend the entire show talking about the Oakley and James Dolan and them getting together and then Oakley continuing to throw gasoline on the fire and not really shutting up about this entire situation going on with the New York Knicks. And there's been reports out there that Carmelo Anthony will not be dealt before the trade deadline, so he's going to remain a New York Knicks. Can't say the same possibly about Derrick Rose. That might be teams that have been inquiring about Derrick Rose. This is a possible trade there with the Knicks. So that's something we need to watch before the February 23rd, I believe it is, trade deadline in the NBA. And, of course, we have Jimmer Fred scoring 73 points in a Chinese league game uh, last night as well. But we're going to put all that aside because we are going to get into another edition of The Word with G, the grind of sports media how they got there. And today I'm going to be shining the spotlight on one of my good friends, Lenny Melnick, and his story. Lenny is a host, a writer, an author. He's done all different kinds of crazy things, and he's also running his own website right now, LennyMelnickFantasySports.com, and also you can find him on Twitter, at Lenny Melnick uh, there as well. Lenny, how are you tonight? Uh, just uh... – Fantastic, as uh, things are falling out of the refrigerator and all over the place. Yeah, I'm having a good time, uh, you know, with, with the baseball season just getting underway. Uh, for me, it's the best time of year. That's right. Can't can't be any better. And for me right now, I love this time, too. Baseball starting to ramp up. You know me. I'm a big baseball guy and big Meg yeah. guy, and I'm getting ready. My juices, my baseball juices are starting to flow. Uh, we'll get into some baseball as we move through this this interview, but – in this conversation, I should say. I don't want to make it sound so formal, but, you know, it's a conversation. But whatever. I hope, you, I hope you booked a couple of hours because if you're going to talk about <laughs> how I got started, I mean, I go way back, you know, so we got a lot to cover. Yes, exactly. We have a lot <laughs> to cover and only about an hour to do it, so we'll see if we can knock that out. Um, first off, let's start. What drew you to the sports media industry, and how did you get first get into it? Did anybody inspire you or maybe influence you? to get going in the sports media industry? Well, yes, 
Yes, they did. I remember when I was nine years old, and I was sleeping at my grandfather's house, and I had my first philosophical thought, and that was, this is as a nine-year-old, this is pretty impressive, uh, I said to myself, you know, nobody could be a bigger baseball fan than I am. They could only tie me. Now, that's pretty mm-hmm. good for a nine-year-old to think that. They, they couldn't be a bigger baseball fan. They could only tie me. And that's because I grew up in Queens, New York, in the era of the Dodgers, the New York Giants, and the Yankees. And it was in your blood to be a baseball fan. Uh, so I grew up with Willie, Mickey, and the Duke in a time where you picked your friends uh, based upon what team they rooted for, Greg, and that's the truth, okay? In a time where mm-hmm. you're sitting at school and and at um, 2 o'clock you hear the loudspeaker, ding, 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 put your pens and pencils down, we're going to pipe in the World Series game, and then you go home and you can watch the – it was amazing where all you cared about was your major league team that you rooted for, your little league team, and your baseball cards, and that was it. So that's it was easy for me to be a baseball fan. That's incredible, really? and, and I can't even imagine them doing something like that. Now, the, not like that in schools with everybody with all their technology and things like that. They don't need to pipe right. anything over a loudspeaker because everybody's got everything they need right at their hands, right at their fingertips. And yeah. nowadays, I don't know if, if some people care as much like you guys did back in the day about baseball. I mean, there are some uh-huh. people, but a lot of kids nowadays are more into video games. They're not getting out, and they're not, you know, playing out in the yard uh-huh. and playing the game of baseball. And right, it's so disappointing. Absolutely, we actually we used to get uh, searched for transistor radios. <laughs> they would take it away from us because we'd have the transistor radio and the plug in our ear. And to answer your question, as far as what influenced me to be a uh, to go into broadcasting. Well, certainly yeah. I could say the most amazing thing as a nine-year-old, eight-year-old, I would listen to to Vince Scully. And then just last year, I'm still listening to Vince Scully. And believe me, it's been a lot of years since I've been nine years old. So uh, that's yeah. one of the things. But I was influenced back in, I think, 1958 or 50, yeah, 58, uh, the heavyweight championship of the world. Uh, meant something in this country. It was like if you woke up to a new heavyweight champ, it was like waking up to a new president. No politics here, but still, you felt like the hmm. world had changed. And Floyd Patterson was the heavyweight champ of the world, and he was fighting a fellow named Ingemar Johansson from Sweden. Uh, nobody really saw this guy, but he was undefeated. He knocked everybody out. And to make the story short, I listened to it on the radio. It was not televised. And... Uh, And I listened to Floyd Patterson get knocked down six times in the third round. And when the fight was over and Patterson lost, as a a kid, I cried. And I wanted to hear that broadcast again. That broadcast was by a fellow named Les Kiter, who also recreated the Giant Games when they moved out to San Francisco. He used to go, here's the pitcher on the way. There's a base hit to right field. Anyway, but Les Kiner <laughs> did this boxing match, heavyweight champ, which I think even today I will say it's the greatest broadcast ever of any sporting event. I don't care what it is. 
it beats, uh, uh, I, I don't believe what I just saw, the Bobby Thompson home. Nobody could top this. The emotion, the, 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 just the way he did it. And it took me over 30 years to get a tape of that fight. 30 years. Wow. And I searched. I really did look. I finally got the tape. I wound up on MLB radio. And under the heading of the Giants uh, that Les Carter broadcast the Giant games uh, when they moved to San Francisco, I, I was able to track him down, and I had him on my show 30 years later. Okay? That's and incredible. I played round three. I played round three, and on the air he started to cry because he, he always felt he was never recognized for, again, what I think is the greatest sporting event ever broadcast. And um, I then made it into an MP3. It took me a couple of years. Mm-hmm. I sent it to him only to find out he was now in a nursing home. And his wife and daughter never heard the fight until I sent, wow. them in, uh, until I sent it to him. They played the entire fight for him in a nursing home. And then months later, he passed away. And I, but I felt like I finally, after 30 or 40 years, uh, finally connected with Les Kider, who, in spite of the fact that I was a Mickey Mantle fan and a Duke Snyder fan, Les Kider was my idol. And to this, and I'd always search the dial to try to find. He was very big in Philadelphia, broadcasting games at the Palestra. And even when I announce games today, and I've done some play-by-play, you won't hear my mm-hmm. voice. You'll hear Les Kider. Because I do him very well. <laughs> I've listened to that Patterson Johansson fight a couple of thousand times, and I still, I'll send it to you, and it, I'll make okay. you a little wager. If you don't get goosebumps and tell me it's the greatest sporting event ever, then I will buy you dinner and without a problem. How's that? But uh, that's, that's he's the guy who uh, made me feel that I wanted to get into broadcasting. That's the deal, yeah. And I have I share that same experience, kind of as you. And it's just Lenny, Lenny. It's so incredible, just how how beautiful uh, a radio broadcast can be. This, you know, next to TV. You know, there's so much more description, and and that's kind of why I love listening. And that's why baseball is like to me. And I'm sure you 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 feel the same way. But baseball is the perfect game to listen to on on radio. It's so beautiful to listen over uh, over the broadcast broadcast and over the air. Well, it's all about painting a picture. And uh, to me, same for boxing. I'm sure that was that's a again. Very few. I was just going to say same for boxing, and I'm 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 sure with Kider as well. Well, you probably never heard boxing on the radio. Many people haven't. I haven't. Uh, But this was this was. I'll I'll let I'll send you the. I have the. um, It's on YouTube. I'll send it to you. Uh, And here's but here's the deal. Uh, Boxing. I mean, on the radio. You have a guy like Les Kider who would say, it's Mays, rounding third, hitting for home. It's Mays the ball, Mays the ball. He beat the ball, he beat the ball. And that's what he used to do. Then he got Marv Albert, <laughs> all right? Frazier walks it across the court with the mid, walks, uh, walks across the midcourt line with the right-hand dribble. One bounce to the busher in the right-hand corner. Down low to Reed, who turns from 10 and hits. I mean, they paint that picture that you don't have to be yeah. at the game. And it's just fantastic. And I, I, I love doing play-by-play, and hopefully I'll be able to do some in the next uh, uh, year or so. Yeah, it's incredible. Again, we're talking with Lenny Melnick here 
on the word with G. And now, Lenny, let's kind of you know dive into your journey. You, you sent me your resume, and there's a ton of great stuff on there. Kind of t- take me through all this, um, if you can, because there was a ton of stuff on here that you've done, and you've, you you started all the way back in 1993 on WGBB out in Long Island, I believe it is, to a 1240. I've actually yeah. been on that one myself with my roommate. And, uh, you know, you did a rotisserie radio show. Just kind of talk about the different things starting there that you've done over your career. Well, that's turned out to be arguably the most important thing because uh, my partner, Irwin's Willing, now you know this, his office was in Manhattan. My office was all the way out on Long Island, Farmingdale, Long Island. Mm -hmm. Now, we never got the late editions of the paper. In Manhattan, Irwin used to get the late editions of the newspapers. No internet in those days, okay? So Irwin and I would, he would call me at 9 o'clock every morning, and we'd go through the box scores. There you go, right? Uh, He'd say, this guy's hitting seventh, and this guy's hitting second, and this guy made another error. He's in jeopardy of losing his job. That was about nine years after we started playing fantasy baseball. Jody McDonald on WFAN used to do a show. Uh, First he did a wrestling segment, and then he did a rotisserie baseball segment where he would go, Tony Gwynn, two for four and a double, right? He would just go through the box scores. And and I, I used to set my alarm clock, Greg, for 12 o'clock midnight just to listen to Jody McDonald do his rotisserie segment. I'm just watching my wife. I don't know what she's doing. She's got, she's got <laughs> Anyway, so uh, with Erwin and I doing the show every morning, which was a, it was a telephone call, we always said, this is a radio show, man. And I I found the newspaper on the floor of my house one day, and it it was opened up to a, an ad that said, do your own radio show. So I went down to the station, and lo and behold, next thing we know, we paid for the hour on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. I called Irwin and I said, how'd you like to do a radio show with me? You know what he said? Yeah, right. Tell me when I'm on. All right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I said, Thursday. And I always thought you had to be somebody or you had to know somebody. or But no, um Actually, you just have to pay somebody. That's really how you do it. That's it. So we paid for we paid for the hour, opposite Jerry Seinfeld on Thursday night at nine o'clock. Uh, we had it cost me money, Greg, because I had to make so many tapes and send them to my friends who uh, just you know wouldn't listen. Plus the fact that yeah. I didn't realize it, but the station powered down at night, so you couldn't even hear it in the parking lot. All right. But oh, you know, we we paid for this. Uh, we paid for the time. They gave us uh, eight minutes a show for advertising, and we sold you know twenty five dollars here, ten dollars there, and we started yeah. doing a show. And to me, I'll tell you what it was. It turned out that it was the first radio show dedicated to rotisserie sports. That's what it was called in those days. And to yep. be the first one with all the shows and the podcasts and the serious uh, fantasy sports network and the blog talk radio with the, with their sports network and all the podcasts, we to be the first one. Normally, I would say that the best days of my life was when my kids were born, but they're not here, so I'll say it was the first show that we ever did. <laughs> That's incredible! Wow, that that's really cool. That's really cool. And and of course, back in the day, like you said, not you know, no internet. So 
you couldn't really share the show so readily like you can now. You had to make those right. tapes. You had to go through that money, you know, that money and, and kind of put it on the tapes and send it out to people. And, and it was just so much more difficult to share things back then. But continue to just kind of go through what else you've done in your career. You know, I see you. Uh, you've been on multiple MLB shows. You you were on a show with Ozzy Smith and Fran Healy. Uh, you write. You're an author. Talk about talk about all that stuff that you've done. Well, here's the thing, you know, so here we are in WGBB, a station that nobody could hear in the parking lot, uh, and the whole thing. So what did we do? We we decided to send out invitations to be on the show to all the people who wrote media columns. I mean, you had Jonathan Mayo writing in the New York Post. You had Steve Zappay in Newsday. Uh, John Hunt, USA Today. John Hunt agreed to come on the show, and he wrote about us. You see, if you invite them wow. on... They write about it because they don't want to be embarrassed by not having any callers, right? So this is how we got the word out. Greg, the first show in 1993, it was the first rotisserie sports hour is what we called it. We had 13 phone calls from across the country. I have that show highlighted on the homepage of my website, LennyMelnickFantasySports.com. If you get a chance... It's so bad that it's terrific. You know what I mean? You ever hear something that's really, really <laughs> yeah. so pathetic, but it's so pathetic that you can't believe that, that you listen to it, but you can't stop listening because you want to hear how bad it gets? Uh, that's how like bad it, no, it really was okay. But if you hear it and you hear the phone calls, none of those phone calls were planted. They were all as a result of people reading John Hunt's column. and then And then we just continued on. We just had people yep. write about us. We had them on. It spread the word, and incredible. It spread the word, man. It really did. And then I had a brainstorm. In my office, I had an 800 number. Of course, in those days, you know, it costs money to make a phone call. Now, I don't even know. Doesn't everybody's going to play it, right? So I went to my yeah. office. All right, think about this brilliance now. This is. And I went to my office before I went to the studio, and I had I forwarded all the calls on the 800 number. I advertised on these, you know, anywhere I could uh, on a, uh, on Prodigy. I don't know if you remember Prodigy. That was the first no. network on the Internet, Prodigy. So I told people, call this 800 number, and it's free, you know, free. So people were calling from all over the country. The problem was when the show ended, I forgot to reverse it back to my office. So the oh. next day... WGBB was, and I was in the corrugated box business. I manufactured corrugated boxes. So the next day, the show host of the morning show would get calls. Uh, Lenny, is the truck on the way? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sitting there going, how come nobody's calling? Because I forgot it was forwarded to WGBB. So it was crazy. And then I realized that the whole, but the guy said, come on, my customers, when the guy answered the phone on the morning show, come on, Lenny, you know, I need my boxes, man. Are they on? The guy didn't know what I knew he was talking about. So it was pretty cool. And, uh, and then, you know, uh, lo and behold, people, people picked up on Anne Liguori, who does uh, tennis and golf on CBS radio. And she's on WFAN. Uh, she heard us in the car as she was driving from uh, uh, New York out to where she lived in the Hamptons. Or, and uh, she called and asked if we would come on the show. 
And we did, but not on the phone. We went to the studio, and we became friends wow. with Anne. And she used to have us on the overnight, on Friday night overnight show. And, and we talked baseball. And here's the thing. And she was on, you know, Sirius Radio did a tribute show for me this morning. And I, I'm so humbled and so absolutely overwhelmed. She came on this morning, and I reminded her, and I said, Ann, remember, they told you specifically rotisserie stuff you're not supposed to have on because it doesn't appeal to the masses and we you know and we can't have that kind of stuff and you know she said no problem and she did it anyway right so it yeah. was uh, a lot of fun that was the that was the initial uh spark in what you want to call the career and it it just became it just became more fun you know there's more fun in building something than there is uh, until you reach that plateau, because then you have to maintain it, and the pressure to maintain is crazy. But the the climb up the ladder is probably more fun than you'll ever have. That's a great way to look at it. Again, we're talking with Lenny Melnick here on The Word with G. The grind of sports media, how they got there, shining the spotlight on Lenny's career and his sports media career. And you, you had mentioned the tribute show, um, you know, that's something that I was going to get to a little bit later. Talk a little bit about yeah. your experience on Sirius XM as a host and then kind of talk about what that tribute show meant to you. Well, uh, I just want to get to one thing first. The sure. success of the radio show that we had uh, and then MLB.com, when it started on the Internet, uh, asked us to come on board and uh, and do a show, and we did and then in 1997, Major League Baseball invited uh, me and my partner, Irwin, to appear. After the strike, they wanted to know a little bit more about what is this rotisserie fantasy baseball stuff. Should we start to cultivate these people to get them to, you know, to get people back into baseball? Uh, they set up a seminar where they expected about 500 people. This was at the Fan Fest for the All-Star Game in Cleveland, 3,000 people showed up, Greg. And they expected questions of, how do you play fantasy baseball? What it wrote to, how, no, it wasn't that. The questions was, who's the backup second baseman in Cincinnati? And Major League Baseball just said, whoa. And I'll tell you what, it was shortly after that that fantasy baseball became mainstream because of that. And that's uh, probably my biggest accomplishment with Irwin, that seminar showed Major League Baseball that this was for real, and after that happened, it became, um, yeah, it uh, it became mainstream. So it was great, uh, and then of course the serious thing, Stevie Cohn, who's the uh, who's the head of the programming over at Sirius, he invited Irwin and I to uh, to do a show, but then it was split up. That Sirius. Uh, uh, got the um, football package, and XM, it was two different companies then. XM got the baseball, so it was shortly after that that Sirius started, and I started doing a show with Paul Greco and uh, Tony Sincata, and I've been doing that on Sirius now for about six years, and I'll tell you something. When you consider that work is talking about baseball, that's 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 why they call me the legend. <laughs> That's, That's right. pretty damn good. It's really tremendous. 
So now talk about the, the tribute show. You know, you listened to it this morning. You know, what can I kind of describe to, to me and the listeners kind of what that was like? What was that experience like? Because obviously there's not many people in this world that can say that they've had a tribute show and were alive to listen to it, you know? I'll tell you something. I had to, you know, I, I asked somebody, did I pass away a couple of weeks ago? Because you got to <laughs> tell me, you know. And then thinking I, that I, I was I was inducted into the Hall of Fame uh, a few weeks ago, and now they're doing a tribute. I really felt like, am I really in heaven? Is this, you know, it's great. Couldn't be better. So to me, it felt like heaven. I really had some concerns about my health, but uh, it, it was, you know, what it was either that. Or I figured Sirius was trying in a subtle way to tell me that I was like David Ortiz, Derek Jeter, and Cal Ripken, that they was created a farewell tour for me that, that I didn't I didn't plan, you know. And maybe it was their way of saying, "Let's do a tribute to Lenny," and uh, because this is, but they didn't tell me it was my last year, so I don't know. Yeah. Well, I have to wait and see. But the good part is that I didn't get any gifts. So because I didn't get gifts, I think maybe it's on the level. Maybe they'll keep me around. But it was such an honor. Uh, they brought back, uh, uh, of course, Erwin on the show. Uh, Erwin and I hadn't done a show for a number of years. Greg Mish was the host of the show. They brought back the guys that I did the first serious show with uh, six years ago, uh, including our producer, Heather Klein. Tony Sincata was on it. Uh, uh, um, Paul Greco. The guys I started with on Sirius, Ann Liguri, who was one of the people that helped us tremendously, uh, Ron Chandler, Corey Schwartz from MLB Radio, and MLB. I mean, it's just a phenomenal one hour of people calling in, um, saying nice things about me. And, and then, of course, my kids called in. And then my wife called in, Andrea. She called in at the end, and very, and she even said she liked me at the end. And that was pretty cool. Wow. So uh, yeah, it was good. <laughs> and here's the thing, she has also done shows on Sirius. Could you imagine? You know, people, uh, uh, people say, "I wish my wife was into fantasy sports." Well, not only is mine into the fantasy, she she does broadcasting with me. She appears on Sirius. She does her own podcast. She created our baseball website, sports website. And all I could say is be careful what you wish for. That's it. So <laughs> That's like the dream. That, that is, that's incredible. I, I had a coworker who uh, has a girlfriend, a former coworker of mine who has a girlfriend in the sports media business as well. And they've actually broadcasted, uh, I think, softball games together they both went to Fordham so they they I think they went back and did a softball game together which was pretty cool but you sitting here talking about this whole thing it makes me kind of think of you guys you and 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 Irwin as the rotisserie Mike Francesa and and Mike and the Mad Dog uh a little bit Mike and the Mad Dog because I was the Mad Dog of course because you know look of course it was more like the odd couple okay because Irwin's an all right. Listen, his name is Irwin. He's a Jewish accountant who I've never seen wear jeans. He's always wore slacks uh, and tassels on his loafers. I right? always dressed up nicely. Me, I always walk around with a baseball hat on backwards. I got some kind of sweatshirt that I've worn for three weeks. I took it out of the trunk of my car, and away we go. Okay, uh, that Irwin and I were more the odd couple. Uh, and then, of course, we morphed into Mike and the Mad Dog. Not that we're in the same league as them, but um, 
uh, still, that's the kind of a of, of a thing. Irwin would watch the games on TV and make mental notes, and he was phenomenal. One of the brightest baseball minds I've ever met. With me, I just, I dug. We used to go to 42nd Street in Manhattan uh, before the Internet, and we'd go to a newspaper stand that sold out-of-town newspapers. We would buy Mm -hmm. up as many newspapers as we could. We would then take the sports section out, put it in the car, and throw the bulk of the newspapers in the garbage. And the guy would say, what are you doing? You buy, you give me $20, you throw it on the garbage. What? Now, he didn't know we took the sports section out. And then we'd go back <laughs> and for the rest of the week. I would read the newspapers and take notes. Irwin watches the games. And, to, and we had a network of people across the country, uh, high school, college. And I said, any time you have something about your local team, and you'll, uh, call me. And they did. And they called, wow. and we had them on the air as reporters. And we broke, listen to this one. Yeah, I don't believe this one. We broke the story, I forget what year it was, about Michael Jordan playing baseball. We broke it on WGBB. We broke it because um, my son went to college in Peoria, Illinois, Bradley University. And um, uh, one of his fraternity members, uh, his family lived in the same neighborhood as Michael Jordan's cousin. And he told us he's serious about playing baseball. It's really going to happen. And uh, Tony Kukoc actually came on the air and helped us break the story. Oh, remember him, basketball player yeah. uh, for the uh, yeah, Bulls? Yeah, I remember Tony. And nobody believed it. And then sure enough, a couple of months later, it's announced Michael Jordan playing baseball. Bang. And it that happened. was that was probably the biggest story, the only real major story that we ever broke. The other one that we broke was sitting out in spring training after a labor draft. That's the League of Alternate Baseball Reality. Uh, it was in Florida. So I'm sitting out. Do you know John Heyman? Right? You know who he is? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, uh, he everybody knows for John a website Heyman. that I work for. Yeah, fan rag, right? So that's it. I'm yep, sitting yep. there. So we're, sit, so we're on the field during batting practice, and Heyman's standing right behind us. And I said to Irwin, I said, you know, I said to him as loud as I could without, uh, you know, pretending it's a whisper. I said, I think Mattingly's going to the Cardinals. Now, Heyman recognized us because we have been on TV. He didn't say hello Mm -hmm. or anything, but the next day in his column, Mattingly to the Cardinals looking good. (laughs) So (laughs) that never happened, and it was all a bunch of baloney, but that's the second story that we broke. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Yeah, and it's funny. funny because about a year ago, Irwin was at Yankee Stadium, and and Heyman, John Heyman was there, a very nice fella. And Irwin went up to him and said, you don't know me. Uh, he says, yes, I do. And then he recalled, he said, and not only do I know you, but I learned a lesson from you. Don't listen to what anybody says. <laughs> he remembered that we embarrassed him. He put the Mattingly story in his column, and it was as a result of me just goofing on him. Oh, my gosh, that's too funny. Yeah. Lenny Melnick here on The Word with G. On the grind of sports media, how they got there, just reminiscing, talking about 
Lenny's journey and all the wonderful experiences that, that he's had. And let me ask you, Lenny, why did you gravitate to fantasy sports like you did? And why have you continued to go on with that as, as much as you had? And that's kind of been your niche that you've kind of carved out for yourself. Well, here's the deal about how I, you know, fantasy sport. My love for sports is well documented. Baseball, football, mm-hmm. basketball, the whole deal. When I, I talk about fantasy sports, one of the things I say on my podcast and radio show, you don't have to be a fantasy sports fan to appreciate this broadcast. If we have opinions of teams and players, and and if you're a baseball fan, you want to know my opinion about teams, you want to know my opinion about players, and you can apply that to any any fantasy baseball league that you want to be in. And it's going to help you. I don't necessarily break it down like a sabermetric geek or anything like that. You know, I do address it uh, from time to time. But I basically tell you what's going to happen with the teams. Uh, By the end of each morning, I do four hours of preparation every morning. I have a routine that I can't live without. It's not work. Uh, Five in the morning, I read every out-of-town newspaper uh, that pertains to baseball. And by the end of the three or four hours, I, I probably know more about baseball than Peter Gavin says, so what's going on with every team. And that's a tremendous help when you're playing fantasy sports. So that's yeah. basically what I love to do. And if you take a look at my website, we don't get into the, you know, LIFO, FIFO, BABIP. Or don't, no, there's a place for Both that. crazy stuff. I do address it. But I talk baseball. And from that, you'll know uh, who's coming up with a new pitch, Who's in jeopardy of losing their job? Who's batting second in the order? Who previously was batting seventh in the order? Uh, who's going to play a different position? A pitcher that wins a game, he may have had a lousy game because it took him 130 pitches to get through the seventh inning. Uh, there's so many things in the box score that doesn't jump off the page. Uh, who made the error? Who's who's batting 220? Uh, some guys can make errors and get away with it. But when you're batting 220 and making errors, you've got to be careful of that guy. So many things, sure. and that's what we do. And it's, it's, uh, it's a, So I really talk baseball, and I do break it down to fantasy baseball, same way football. It's all about the real game, and then we break it down. We can apply so many things into the fantasy baseball fun, and, and that's the key. It's fun. For those of you guys who are playing for the million-dollar jackpot, God bless you. But it's meant to be a venue that we can escape our real everyday hassles and pressures, the job, the family, the kid, everything, and step into a zone where the most important thing in our life for the next hour is uh, the arm of our pitcher who we count on. And if you could do that, you got something that's irreplaceable. And we don't realize how valuable that is. It is. It's always great to get away from reality and have that that's something that you can kind of look forward to where you spend time on that that's just for you and that you, you can really immerse yourself in and just kind of forget about everything that's going on in the real world yeah. or in your life and whatnot. That that's a great point that you make, Lenny. And what was your first experience like with fantasy gaming? What you know, what, how when did it start for you? When did you first get into fantasy, baseball, football, whatever whatever it was? Well, Erwin read an article. My partner, Erwin, he used to be my accountant. Every yep. year I'd go to him, and then we'd say the obligatory, we got to get together, we got to get together, and we never got together. Then finally he read an article in the Wall Street Journal about uh, rotisserie baseball. He said, Lenny, you're a 
baseball nut. And from that day on, we spoke to each other every single day for well over 25 years. How's that? Okay. And we became That's immersed incredible. in it. It was just uh, became such a passion. Uh, I, I mean, at night I would go to bed nights, and I still do the same thing. Should I spend forty dollars for a player, or two twenty-dollar players? Uh, which is better, Will Clark for forty dollars and a one-dollar player, or two twenty-dollar <laughs> players? I mean, believe me when I tell you, I I, ha- I had to wear a heart monitor once because my doctor says your mind is never at rest. Even when you're sleeping, you're trying to figure out your best strategy for your fantasy baseball draft. So, uh, what yeah, did you come up with? Uh, was it was it the forty dollar player? Or was it the two twenty? It's generally the two twenty dollar players. You know, yeah. that's what I'm even I'm even doing that now. Uh, you know, I, I'm into your labor league and the tout wars league. And by the way, Irwin and I started tout wars. Very interesting story how that started. Uh, and I'm thinking, I start off with Paul Goldschmidt at $45. And then after I build a team, I say, hmm, let's see. I look at last year's stats, and I say, I don't have enough of this. So then I take Goldschmidt, and I make him into two $20 players. I go, oh, how about that? That's a better team. And yeah, you just got to yeah. play with it until you find, I call it the recipe. You know, you can't bake a cake and just put sugar in it. You got to have a little bit of everything. Same thing when you're playing right. fantasy baseball. You got to have the steals. You got to have the home runs. You got to have the RBIs. You got to have the pitching, and and the whole thing. And to me, there's nothing more relaxing than just trying to figure out the puzzle and trying to come up with the recipe. It really does for me. It really works. And I, to me, it's not work. I can't wait. I don't have to get up at five in the morning. But I can't wait to get up and start my day uh, just reading about baseball. Yeah, that's, that's how yeah, it I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's not even a job. It's, it's, it's something that you really no, enjoy. Not. And they, they always say that, you know, if you're doing what you love, you never work a day in your life. And, and from what I can tell, you really haven't worked a whole lot of days in your life because you're continuing <laughs> well, to do Well, listen, I ran a corrugated box company for over longer than I want to tell you. Let's put it that way. That was my company. I did very well. And as Donald Trump would say, it was a tremendous company. Nobody could be better than you know, the whole thing. And, uh, and it was. But it was never my passion. And fortunately, yeah. I had that passion, which which really – gave me a little bit of, of love in my life, and um, it, it was really great. Uh, if you don't mind, it's a great story how, you know Tout Wars? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, Tout go ahead. Wars, one of the major tournaments, um, Tout Wars and Labor. Uh, as a matter of fact, in, in two weeks I'm going out to Arizona to compete in the Labor League run by Steve Gardner in the USA Today. Uh, Tout Wars started... Because when labor first began, uh, we used to go out to all these places. They, they would have it in Florida or Vegas and stuff. And then one year they had it in Washington, D.C. And uh, we drive there and the whole deal. I don't know if you know, if you're familiar with Washington. It's got the loop around there, you know. You have to go around a loop. Yeah, no, I haven't and been we went to I mean, Yeah, well, it's a yeah. loop. And, and if you make a right, your hotel's right there. But if you make a left, you go to go around. Anyway, we got screwed up directions. We finally get to the hotel, and I take out my credit card, and they say no charge. 
Whoa. Oh, boy. No charge. Okay. No charge. That's awesome. I thought they were trying to uh, make up for giving us the wrong directions. Uh, we later found out that nobody got charged. Nobody. Everybody. Oh. But nobody said anything because we all thought we were all special, you know. Uh, yeah. And then Monday morning, John Hunt, who ran the league, called us with a threatening phone call. If you guys don't pay, you're never coming back. I'll throw you around. You'll never be invited back. Well, I said, okay, we'll pay. Uh, that's not a problem, but take it easy, will you? wasn't our yeah. fault. The end result was that I called Irwin. Uh, we called Ron Chandler and said, let's start our own league. And that's how Top Wars got started. Wow, that's how about that? That's, that's, that's a pretty interesting story. Again, we're talking with Lenny Melnick here on The Word with G. Here on blogtalkradio.com, WRSP Radio, WRSP Sports. Now, Lenny, you've done a lot of things in your career, and we've touched on just a handful of them. And if we wanted to touch on all of them, we we would talk all night. Um, <laughs> That's right. I warned you. you. I warned you. I know. You're right. And I know you love to talk because we've talked off the air plenty of times, and, and you have tons of great stories. And uh, you just think back, and, and, and do any memories or experiences kind of stand out to you that over your career that, that are like, you know, maybe the listeners would, would really enjoy hearing, you know, maybe a cool baseball story, somebody you ran into, somebody you talked to, uh, maybe a, a show that you were on, something along those lines. Well, I'll tell you a couple of things. First of all, we were in spring training again, standing on the field, and a relief pitcher for the Boston Red Sox, Corey Bailey was his name. And he came over to me. He recognized me from, from TV and handed me, he said, thank you for drafting me in your on your labor team. And he gave me, he said, if you're ever in Mississippi, here's my address and my phone number. Give me a call. <laughs> That's great. It's just unbelievable. And then at wow. the Fan Fest in Cleveland in 1997, we were doing a show with Ozzie Smith this week in baseball. And we'd had a little 10-minute segment. We did Penn and Chase. Another little ten minute segment, Fran Healy would say, and now there's Lenny and Irwin. Uh so at the fan fest we did our segment. They taped it for T V. And what we did not know was after the segment, the production crew said to everybody there were a lot of people looking at us, you know, anytime you have cameras going, people are curious. But they said to us that they said to the people, Okay, line up for autographs. I go, wow. So Irwin and I are sitting down, and the line was out the freaking door. I'm telling you. And nobody knew who we were. But, you know, you see people lining up, the kids, everybody wants an autograph, right? So even after I signed my name, they didn't know who I was, right? But still, I'm giving (laughs) autographs. Now, my wife and Irwin's wife were sitting there. If I tell you that they had to change their underwear, they were cracking up, man. It was great. Unbelievable. We're sitting there. Could you imagine we're two regular Joes who all of a sudden see a line out the door for our autograph? I mean, what could be better than that, right? Talk about living in a Walter Mitty world. Uh, All of a sudden we're celebrities signing autographs and taking pictures with the mother and the son and the daughter. I'll tell you what, very few things could absolutely uh, top that. And then I did a show with... um, uh, I did a show at Mickey Mantle's restaurant, okay, with uh, the, uh, uh, what's the name, the uh, uh, Wild Thing, Mitch Williams, the reformer relief pitcher for the yep. Philadelphia Phillies. And we had the microphone set up, 
and we're sitting there. And, yeah, Mitch Williams kind of serious guy, but we're doing a, a show together. And people are walking by Mantle's restaurant, and they're pressing no, their nose up against the window. They're outside. We're inside. And we could see them mouthing the words, who is that? Who are they? And we – so, but you could see it very clearly as they're asking the person next to them, but we can't hear them, right? We can't the, – but the, yeah. their lips were easy to read as they say, who are they? And all of a sudden, Mitch Williams starts to crack up. And I start – well, we did a half hour. We couldn't talk. Couldn't talk. We were just <laughs> laughing. Couldn't talk. And that was it. So between the autographs and the Mitch Williams, and there's many, many more things. But, you know, doing a TV show – and, again, I'm, you know, just a fan. I mean, I'm not – you know, look, I was 50 years old when this happened. So it's not that this was my career. This is something that we yeah. just – what happened? You know, maybe I was 48 – but what happened, man? What all of a sudden people are getting my autograph and stuff like that? Just kind of blew uh, up on you. You know, it just it just it couldn't have been any more fun than that. Oh, that's incredible! All right, last one here for you, Lenny. Give me some advice for you know maybe a younger listener who is trying to get going into this business or is thinking about getting going into the sports media industry. What advice would you give somebody? on the younger side or maybe on the older side who is, is trying thinking about a, a career change and getting into sports media. Well, if you want to get into broadcasting, let's narrow it down to broadcasting. It could be anything. Sure. Remember one thing you get out of it, what you put into it. Remember that. And generally mm-hmm. speaking, most of us start on the ground floor and there can't be any more of a ground floor than the way I started out paying $200 for the hour for a show that you couldn't even hear in the parking lot. Remember that, all right? That's ground floor, right? I'll tell you, that is ground floor. So you get out of it what you put into it. For broadcasting, and I'm going to tell you this, we're on Blog Talk Radio. This is one of the greatest tools that you will ever, this is like going to college. You book a half-hour show, doesn't cost you anything. You get the studio. You know what you're listening to now. And you practice. doesn't matter who's listening, all right? But you practice, and you keep doing it until you're satisfied, and you keep doing it. And you're not worried about building an audience. You're worrying about the technical parts of radio. you got to hit the brakes on time. you got to do certain things. As you do, you got to reintroduce your guests. There are certain – it's not just who knows the most about baseball – that gets the baseball radio show. It's you got to be technically oriented. And here's yep. the place, Blog Talk. This is where I got my start. As a matter of fact, Paul Greco and I did the first radio show. Yeah, again, here I am. Now the first. The first sports show on Blog Talk Radio. We did the first one. And we practiced. Wow. And we practiced. And that's what you got to do. And if you're writing, you got to do the same thing. Just keep writing one article after another. Learn from your mistakes. Don't be afraid and ask for critique. And because the hardest thing to get is critique. Everybody, oh, that's a great show, Lenny. Great article, Lenny. Great this, great that. You know, bull dinky poppycock. I know I can improve. But people are afraid to tell you. Find somebody who's yeah. willing to be honest and say, you got to slow it down. Somebody who's listening to this show tonight is going to tell me, Lenny, you got to shut up once in a while, right? So, all right, got to learn from that. But I'm excited. I can't help it. 
and 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 then just be aggressive. If you want to get into the fantasy baseball uh, or football or whatever, go to the functions that they have for whatever fantasy sport you pick and introduce yourself. Show your face. Uh, my wife, Andrea, she became, uh, she was the first female invited into Town Wars. And everybody says, oh, that's because of Lenny. Well, you know what? She has gone to every function that can possibly be. The Fantasy Trade Association, she's gone to the First Pitch Forums. We go to the Arizona Fall League. Everybody knows her. That's the key. Yeah. Get yourself known. Do your work. Hand it out for free. Don't be afraid to do something for nothing because the goal is to get your name out there. That's the best thing. But practice on Blog Talk, write the articles, and um, you know, and just keep improving. That's the way to do it. That's it. That's it. That's where we're where I'm trying to get to and whatnot. And and it's 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 been a journey so far for me. And I, I know you you've gone through a lot of different things, and you've kind of been you, the first one through the wall on a couple of different things, which has been really cool. And, and I really appreciate you coming on and just kind of talking to, talking to me and, and giving me your story on everything that you've, like you said, your entire story would take hours and hours for us to talk about. Unfortunately, we only have <laughs> one hour. So we have to get the abbreviated Lenny Melnick story. Maybe again, we can come on, we can chat about uh, the rest of your story uh-huh. and some other cool things that you're doing, but just take a minute and just tell some people where they can find you and kind of what some stuff that, that you're working on right now. Well, the thing, of course, I'm on Sirius radio, uh, Sundays, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Time. I also uh, I also do shows with Craig. He's my host uh, co-host on Sunday, and I, I fill in for uh, uh, Cliff Floyd, Jim Bowden. I'm all over the place on Sirius. But what I'm most proud of is a website that Andrea and I designed about a year ago, Lenny Melnick Fantasy Sports dot com. Uh, yeah, we talk fantasy baseball, football, the whole thing, but it's a community. Greg, and we mm-hmm. all help each other with our, our with all types of fantasy sports, and we all just talk sports. The greatest thing I've been doing it since I was six years old is talking who's better, Willie, Mickey, or the Duke. It's the same; hasn't changed. The greatest thing you can do is talk and argue about my team's better than your team. Uh, this guy's getting traded. All that stuff. It's part of the, what the makeup of sports provides for us. That's We have a community of over 600 people, and the beauty of it is that I ask people to introduce themselves. And believe it or not, I thought they would write, my name is Joe, I live in a, um, I thought they'd write, my name is Donald Duck, and I live in a pond. But <laughs> 400 people have taken it seriously, and they've written paragraphs about themselves. But sincere, the you know, we all want to be part of a club, of a community, and we meet every day. The chat room is open all the time. I'm, that's where I live. And the, and the podcast is every morning at 9 o'clock. And 40, 50 people show up at a podcast in a chat room. Could you believe that? Could you imagine a blog talk? you got 50 people in the chat room. Every morning at 9 o'clock, 40 or 50 people. I invite you to come on if you can. And uh, Lenny Melnick, FantasySports.com. It's free. Absolutely free. As a matter of fact, I sponsor. You know how free it is. I sponsor contest. I got a contest running now. Hundred dollars you get if you pick the best bold prediction. Best bold prediction. 
uh, you had a hundred bucks. And every time I run a contest where you can win money, and I call it, you won, nice go. People say, I don't want the money. <laughs> That's what they say. I don't want the money. So it's Why do because they say that? just great people. Because it, we're not we're in it for because it's let me make a contribution because I don't charge anybody and it you know yeah. I don't charge for the website everything is free and and people don't want to take the money because of the fun we have and the camaraderie mm-hmm. and there's something to that you know what I mean you know the game yeah. of daily fantasy sports has has come over and taken over the community but I will tell you something it's fun to play but people realize it's not about the money. It's about the camaraderie, the fun, and to be able to talk sports. It's really phenomenal. It's about bringing a group of people together with a shared interest and just doing what you love and just kind of like you like we talked about in the middle of the show here, just kind of getting away from reality for a little bit and just focusing on baseball, a game, fantasy games, whatever it may be, just to kind of get your mind off. And I think as, as human beings, we always – need that time to kind of get away from reality a little bit. And you're providing a, a phenomenal service. Um, I, I was up on your website tonight. I'm, I'm definitely going to jump on there and register because that's something that I've been wanting to do for a while now. So before the baseball season gets going, I'm definitely going to do that, jump in the chat rooms, listen to some of the podcasts, and I can't wait to get involved with the community myself. It's going to be fun. That's fantastic. Happy to have you. See if you could show up for the podcast at 9 o'clock. Believe me when I tell you, I'll give you the biggest introduction ever, and you may not know it, but you'll get a standing ovation. Absolutely. I appreciate that. Yeah, I will uh, I will definitely jump on there at some point and, and definitely jump off for the podcast. I'll let you know when I'm registered, when I'm listening, so we can do that. Um, <laughs> I'd love to be part of it. I'd love to contribute, you know, because it sounds like you've got a really great thing going. Lenny, thank you so much for taking about an hour here tonight on a Sunday night to talk to me about your sports media journey and kind of opening your own book for my listeners and for myself as well. It's been a pleasure. I really appreciate it. Oh, I love it. I'll do it anytime because you know something? I live for this and it's just remarkable that I can have an opportunity to spend an hour talking sports with you. It's just great. Thanks very much. Of course, not a problem. Anytime. You're always welcome, Lenny, and I will definitely catch you up on LennyMelnickFantasySports.com listening to the podcast and jumping in the chat rooms as well. Thanks. All right, no problem. Have a great night. There you have it, Lenny Melnick. The Lenny Melnick story on the Word with G, the grind of sports media, how they got there. And Lenny, an, a host, a writer, an author, he's incredible. The things that he's kind of morphed himself in and just that entire story of how he got going and where he started from and how it kind of all came together uh, was really incredible. And then the young generation out here, nowadays can learn a lot from a guy like Lenny and just the way he really went after it and some of the things that he had said, uh, you know, you get out what you put in is absolutely true. That's one of the biggest things. And get yourself known. The more people that know you, the more people that are possibly willing to give you an opportunity when they're in a position of power where they have an opportunity to hire somebody. So it's always important to make connections with people because you never know when that person might have an opportunity for you to get, get involved with. And if they know you and they trust you and they like you and they, they know you know your stuff, all the better. And, and that's really something special. And, and Lenny, a very knowledgeable guy. love having him. Again, you can find him on Twitter at Lenny Melnick. And then the LennyMelnickFantasySports.com is his baby, basically. Let's give you a quick update to the All-Star game. And I know the scintillating All-Star game going on between the Eastern Conference and 
the Western Conference All-Stars, and after the first quarter, it's 53-48 Eastern Conference All-Stars with the lead. And for the East, Carmelo Anthony has not played yet. Kevin Walker has not played yet. But leading the way is Giannis Antetokounmpo. This is kind of his coming out party. He's 4 for 4 from the field right now. He's got 10 points. Irving's got 8. LeBron's got 5. Rhodes Rosen's got 6. And then you look at, you know, the, the big storyline here is, is obviously for the Western Conference, Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook sharing the floor once again together. And Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook, oh, well, Kevin Durant has 6 points. Westbrook has 9 points. Uh, but leading the way is Anthony Davis, and the All-Star Game is in New Orleans, so he is the ambassador for the All-Star Game festivities this weekend, and he's coming out and showing what he can do early on in this game. And there was even, I was up on Twitter, and I saw that there was a little connection between Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook, and I was just pulling up the video. Yeah, there you go. You can hear it in the background. And it was a little alley-oop, little give-and-go from the former teammates, KD and Russ. How about that? Just saying, and I read this on Twitter, too. Did we become, just become best friends again? Probably not that, but at the same time, you know, good to see Russ and KD sharing the court again and seemingly getting along as teammates because that's been a big, long saga between the two of those guys this entire year. Russell Westbrook has kind of been as the good guy because he stayed with that franchise that he got drafted by and KD Chase is, is ring chasing right now. He went to Golden State. He took some not even a lot of money, you know, not even a ton of money. Just it's all about teaming up with different guys to go chase a ring. Russ, he stayed in OKC and so KD, even though he's the more mild mannered individual and mild mannered player, he's been painted as the villain by the pundits around the association. It's good to see those two sharing the floor together. And I hope at some point they can kind of come back after their careers are done because it's probably not going to be while they're still playing because that's just the type of guy that Russ is. And he is not going to let KD live this one down. And he's not going to be all lovey-dovey and welcome KD with open arms and dap him up all the time. No, he's upset that his friend left it to go chase a ring. They thought they had something good together in OKC. Didn't come to fruition. They ended up losing to the Golden State Warriors, and that was the last draw for KD. He's like, I want out. I got to get out of here. I'm not going to win with this team and this organization. And it stinks for OKC fans because you look at the, the players that they had there, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, James Harden. Those guys are all all-stars right now and superstar players. And they all had them on that roster at one point. It's kind of hard to believe and for James Harden, I think he needed to branch out in order for him to grow as a player because he was kind of a sixth man on that team when he was coming up in the league. But Russ and KD, they've been superstars from the get-go, and it's nice to see them sharing the floor and sharing the basketball a little bit and being teammates once again on this all-star stage, and we'll see what shakes out with the all-stars. So that's going to do it. The Word with G. I'm your host, Greg Lerner. Give a big shout-out to Lenny Melnick as he allowed me to kind of dive into his Sports Media Journey on the grind of sports media, how they got there. It was great stories. And like we've talked about throughout the entire conversation, we could have gone hours and hours talking with Lenny about all the things that he's done, all that he's experienced, and he shared some great stories. He broke the MJ story going to play baseball. That was cool. That was fun. We will see you again next week here on The Word with G on blogtalkradio.com, WRSP Radio, WRSP Sports. 
Have a great weekend, everybody. Rest of the weekend because we've got Monday off. Some people do, some people do not. But if you have Monday off, enjoy the rest of the night tonight. Have some fun. Get to sleep in a little bit tomorrow. Enjoy. We'll catch you next week here on The Word of the Jeep.